You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Seeking Synergy with Rosemary Bova. Today, I have a very special guest for you, a friend of mine, but a professional and someone who is has been cutting edge for a very long time. I just learned that she's been in business for 39 years. I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Nicoletta Pallotta, who is in an entrepreneur in the field of mental health. Uh, Nikki, as I know her, started her original business, Neighborhood Counseling Center, on 13th Avenue in Dyker Heights, Brooklyn, in 1984. Now, if you take a, a, a moment to think back of where the mental health field was in 1984, most mental health services were coming out of hospitals or psychiatric institutions. And as I was saying to Nikki just a little while ago, I mean, I personally was in therapy, but I was living in Manhattan at the time. And to be on in Dyker Heights, she got a lot of pushback. People thought she was actually crazy for, you know, trying to buy a building and divided up into smaller offices so that she could provide mental health services that were community-based, not hospital-based. And when you really think about that, that is a major shift in the field of mental health. But Nikki has actually grown and she now has another whole business, Brooklyn Counseling Services. And she even consults to other business owners and entrepreneurs who want to start counseling centers. But Brooklyn Counseling Services, she started that, I don't remember exactly how long ago, maybe about eight, nine years ago. But that took a big hit because COVID came. And although everything was in person and she had a lot of, you know, places that had, you know, uh, rooms, therapy rooms, Suddenly, COVID appeared, and COVID was, you know, just threw a wrench into everything. And Nikki pivoted as she does all the time. She pivoted and went to virtual counseling, which has actually grown her business rather dramatically. So I'd like everyone to welcome Dr. Nicoletta Pallotta. And Nikki, I wanted to ask you what keeps you going? and growing your businesses. So first of all, I want to thank you, Rosemary. This is such an honor to have be with you and having this conversation. I think that it's an important conversation, but I really appreciate you taking interest in it. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure. I Every time I feel like there's something more to know about mental health, I add something new. And I can tell you a little more. I did add a new product in March. But we can. St- I, you know, I don't know whether you want to start the new product, or would you like to start from from the beginning? Well, uh, let's start with the new product, and we can go back to the beginning. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I just I, in March during COVID, 
Uh, we were offering free services because it was just a really rough time for everyone. And some people were out of work. So I added some free groups. And I found that groups really work for particularly when people were so isolated. So in March, we ordered added a new product to BCS, which is group therapy. So we have right now about 15 groups that started and we're going to continue. I think that groups are a microcosm of what people experience in life. So it adds a lot of benefits to any therapeutic service. Mm -hmm. So that's our new product. So as I said, what I do is often as I find new new places to grow mental health, that's when I, 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 I kind of keep moving and shifting. Recently during COVID, I I was I was working with the five boroughs, and then I decided that it was so. Since we then knew we could work remotely, and and insurance accepted it, I then opened it up to all of New York State. So we are servicing areas that are that there was waiting list for over a year. For instance, in, in Buffalo or Rochester, there's no services there. So now we're able to exp- expand to those areas, which is amazing. So it's, it's, for me, mental health is a fluidity to look at what's best and what, what's going to serve the, service the pop, people more and more. Well, you know, everyone is talking now about this mental health crisis that we're in. And, you know, you could look at it as there's a mental health crisis with people returning to work, which I'd like you to address. Uh, but also there's a mental health crisis with children. Yes. And it's, it seems that everyone is so overwhelmed and living in fear is, is the way I see it. And, you know, and I, and I do know mental health because my first career was as a clinical social worker until I moved into uh, organization development and design. When you talked about group therapy, I remember that because in social work school, I studied group dynamics. So it's so interesting how our paths kind of meander and kind of sometimes come together and then move apart. I think you know, one of the things that, that I wanted you to address is because I think one of the things that I know about you is that what drives you is the provision of services and helping people to learn about themselves and what their issues might be, but also to come up with solutions that will help them to be more more effective in life and in relationships and in parenting. So could you address that a little bit for me? It's such a long conversation, but I'll make it as as quickly (laughs) as I can. So, you know, we're finding now that where women become a sandwich generation. So they're dealing with the issues that with their children and they're dealing with the issues with their aging parents. And and they're also dealing with the fact they have to work. Mm -hmm. So the balance of trying to figure out is what to address first is very tricky. So having mental health, having support for these women and helping them figure out how to do self-care, which is the most important piece. Mm-hmm. 
because if we don't have self care, we can't take care of anyone. So, uh, you know, we, you know, we're just addressing an issue this morning that this woman who's 50 years old is, has three children, one on the spectrum, another one autistic, and a third child, and then her husband loses his job. The children need services, and she's trying to figure out how to balance that out because she has to work. So, you know, how do you help navigate that? And I think being in treatment and having a therapist who can really be there, support you through this, is the best thing you can give. Mm -hmm. Somebody has to know what you're feeling, how to navigate the system, and and how do you deal with your own self-care? How do you balance it? And I think that's what treatment can give you. Yes. So we could all go back to the 40 and ages, and I think there's, there's a place for those things. But I think where we are now, we're dealing with, with, with COVID. And, you know, COVID wasn't around when Ford was there. So, you know, we're dealing with something else. And we're dealing with balancing acts. And we're dealing with, with, with feelings and anger and all these emotions that are creating a real crisis. Mm-hmm. I hear that. And as I, you know, as you were talking, I could feel my heart tugging away, you know, like what, you know, how do people cope? Because most people really don't know how to cope. And there's been such a taboo about mental health, you know, those crazies over there. And, you know, mental health is, is basically a continuum. You're all, there's all kinds of mental health. And what you're talking about is, you know, really is helping people to get in touch with their emotions, not be afraid of the emotions, but then move through the emotion to a solution that will work for them, maybe not forever, but for to get them to the next place, to take the next step. Take them out of catastrophe. That's right. To take them away from catastrophe into a sense where they can feel a level of confidence with them, their own decision-making, but with the help, the aid of the therapist who is trained. Because I have heard so many people say to me, well, I have a friend, I go to my friend, you know, or I can talk to you, Rosemary, you're so skilled. Well, they, they can talk to me and I am skilled, but I am the rare person who has <laughs> compassion and the skill set right. to help a person through a situation. But most friends have, they don't even realize it, but they have a bias. And so they're not necessarily going to provide, I mean, the, the best information or advice or guidance whereas a trained therapist, someone who has studied and has is in supervision because I know you supervise your therapist. Yes. That, you know, so that everybody has somebody they can talk to mm-hmm. to help get greater clarity. It's, it's really an extraordinary situation, but I, it, 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 there's so much fear about mental health in and of itself that it gets, you know, it's, it's hard to have people come and and have services receive services but you know it's interesting people are coming out more they're they i think that it's the crisis is so rampant by now that that people are coming out 
Mm-hmm. We're averaging 130 requests a week. We can't wow. stay on top of the the requests. We're hiring all the time. We're we're sitting on 160 clients wait list. It doesn't really stop anymore because I think that everybody's beginning to see, you know, this is not what I'm doing now is not working. I have to find a professional to help me through this. Mm-hmm. And I think having someone just to help you guide you through a process to say it's not as scary as you think. Right. I think when you're by yourself in your own head, it's scary. But once you say it out loud and somebody validates you, it takes a whole different game. It's different. Yes. It's very, very different. Yes. Validating your feelings, validates what you're feeling, makes a lot of sense. And what do we do next? So now we get out of this and then we move on. Let's move on. Let's come up with a plan. And I think that makes somebody feel safe. Yeah, the, the the safety factor is so important, and I know so many people now. I'm shifting to the to the world of work. You know, people right. going back to the office. Yes. So many people are, are feel unsafe in the commute to the office. Yes, but also in the office now. In a sense, they've gotten a taste of working from home and and having being authorized to manage their time a little differently than when you're sitting behind a desk or a counter at, in the workplace. Right. So that where you somehow, when you're working from home, you're able to say, well, okay, I'll, I'll pick up Jimmy from the school right. or I can you know, go to this meeting for him or whatever. Whereas to step away from your location of work to go to see your child perform in a, a class show has a very different different connotation. And I, I don't know how people manage that now. It's a juggling. I think that it's interesting you brought that up. I just supervised one of my therapists who's experiencing exactly that. She has a six-year-old and she's a single mother. And she works for a, for a very difficult program. It's a cancer program. And she's trying to balance, a, you know, self-care because she's got some physical issues right now and taking care of her daughter and trying to work. And and she's also working with us because she wants to have a different kind of experience because when you're working with a, a cancer patient, it's very different from what we do because we do clinical work. So she wants to have the balance of doing both. And she's definitely having difficulty because her her employer never helped this these the employees shift from being working from home and working at the office. It's like one day the bell rang and said, okay, every time everybody comes back to work. And there was no transition period mm-hmm. and no validation. And, and and one of the things that would make sense, I mean, what I would do, would I do that now with my therapist have a support group and we meet weekly just to talk. And I do that twice a week and I, and and let them express their own feelings of what they're going through. She never had that experience of, of saying I'm having a hard time now and I can't balance both. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the employer should be doing is paying attention 
to their employer as a person. Well, that is a big issue. I mean, it's certainly what I do in my work when I'm consulting to business is to help employers see their employees as human beings with a wide variety of stresses and strains on them. And it's so fascinating to me that just being able to give a person an an hour for a medical appointment or to pick up their child because they've gotten a call from school goes such a long way to build trust in this in between the employer and the employee it's almost it's invisible but the energy the appreciation the acknowledgement goes so far to allowing that employee to feel safety in the workplace that they can they don't have they don't feel adversarial with the employer right and you know right. our our employment systems certainly the bigger ones have become really uh, places where there's a lot of adversarial kind of tension that exists. I mean, in small businesses, you know, people can talk to one another a bit more. But in some of these larger institutions, it's very hard because there are policies and everybody wants to be proper with the policies because they're afraid that they're going to be sued <laughs> for right. violating policy because exactly. we've become such a litigious society. Yes. So, you know, I think that it's, the, the, I guess the, what's happening is because they're feeling this stress, we're getting a lot of, of clients coming in wanting to, to go on disability, mm-hmm. FMLA. And that's the part that I think the employer has to address because if you, you then they're coming to us saying, I can't handle this. Can you help me write a letter? And and I think that if you, how does the employer function when everybody wants to go out on FMLA or disability? I mean, that becomes a very big, costly exactly. <laughs> issue because your workforce is disappearing in front of you in the sense that they are going on disability, which is a uh, properly stated is it, it's important to have that as a safety net when needed. But there are probably things that the employer could do to alleviate that stress and, and make it a bit easier, I would think, right. for the employee. Correct. To stay and to and to be to create some kind of agility or resilience to where they can work with, because the uh, there is a tremendous cost when a person goes on disability or leaves the organization. The cost of finding a replacement and training that person is 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 really a hidden cost. For the employer, because you know, people don't really add that up anymore. They they don't they don't calculate it. Correct. It's it's. I mean, you raise a very very good point, and so that's why I think that for employees, if they do, if they take a more hands on approach and speak to the employee. Yes. Say, how can how can I help? Yes. How can we balance it out so you can get some of your needs met? 
and you can still work in the office. Yeah. You know, years ago, Nikki, I don't know if you remember this. They used to have EAP programs, yes. employee assistance programs. Yeah. I've I've not heard anything about those now. I don't know if those are still existing in companies or well, you? Well, yeah. So clients really don't want to go to them because they don't they feel like they're not safe. Ah, okay. Because they and, feel they're they're the, it's the employer and there's no confidentiality or they correct. question the confidentiality. Correct. So what they rather do is get outside services. Okay. So that kind of in the nineties it was big, and then it kind of shut down because everybody didn't want to go to somebody in house. They wanted to go somewhere that there were no. It happens a lot with police officers. Police officers will not go in the AP. They don't mm. trust them. If the word, the time they use the word depressed, they take their they take their gun away. So, it and a lot of the problems is that they're going to say something to a, a therapist or a counselor they have in house. Their fear is this is I'm going to be targeted. Wow. So the EAPs are just, just then we found it not working. Mm, okay. Wow. That's. It's important to know. It's interesting. I heard on the news yesterday that what is it, Senator Furman, of, uh, the the senator from Pennsylvania, who had checked himself in to a facility for his chronic depression. I had thought he was just in the de- in the facility for a couple of days, but he actually left yesterday. So he I, he was there for a few weeks, and you know he's it's taken it's such courage for him to go public with this. I mean, but but what he is creating is to see a very successful person who has suffered from chronic depression for a long time, for you know, throughout his, you know, adult life perhaps, and be able to get himself into a facility to to focus on that on the chronic nature of the disease right now. And then leave and be healthy and resume his work. I mean, I think that's really quite extraordinary. And the imagery of that for the country is, to me, very profound. I mean, it's, you know, he's doing a real good thing. Yeah, Um, he's showing that it's okay. Yes, it's normalizing it. Yes, it's it's normalizing it. and That it's not taboo to go and get help. That's right. Yeah. Well, this and is I, really very, very, very helpful. You know, I think that this is an important conversation for people to hear. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of us feel very isolated when we have these mental health issues, whether now OCD is becoming very big. Yes, yes. So thank you for doing this. Yeah. Well, I, I thank thank you for coming on because I I hear a lot, you know, from you you know, and, you know, we talk a lot. I mean, Nikki and I happen to be good friends. So it's, but I really felt it was, it was very important for her to speak about the mental health crises that we're in right now. And, you know, I have written this chapter in the Mission Matters volume eight book. Mm -hmm. And one of the four elements that I talk about is self-care. And what you're talking about earlier in the conversation is the importance of being able to take care of yourself and have something that you do 
that brings you some peace, some joy, some uh, you know something of harmony. It could be it could be exercise, it could be meditation, it could be a lot of things. It could also be seeing a therapist right. to having ha- have the release so that you you're not you're not wound up like a t- a top that's ready to just kind of spin off somewhere. Well, don't they tell you on the on the airplane? Yeah, that you have to put the oxygen first on you before you put it on your child. Right. And, and you know, the, the truth of the fact is, is that most people don't even pay attention to that. <laughs> but it is so true. And I wondered where they even got that from. You know, maybe it was from a mental health, you know, perspective because of the trauma. You know, if you're flying and something happens to the plane, that's an yes. immediate trauma. Well, exactly. You know, and you have to kind of you, you have to act immediately. There's no time to to think about what you're going to do. But I I often think about that because it is so important. Well, do you have any last words for our audience, for our listeners, as far as you know, what you might recommend for someone other than you know, going to find services at your Brooklyn counseling center? You know, I always believe if you have a very good friend that you could talk to, that always helps because they can help you, guide you through whatever you might be, you might need. Mm-hmm. And if you have someone, say something. Yeah. Uh, that The whole thing about if you see something, say something. And, mm-hmm. you know, I find that so many of us try to be nice to our friends. And sometimes we don't have the expertise to help. Right. Yes. I mean, the help is really to to say what you notice and what your truth is. That is the real help. And encourage them to get help. Yes. Yes. It's it's really essential. Well, thank you so much, Nikki. Thank Uh, you for having me, Rosemary. If somebody wanted to get to Brooklyn Counseling Services, is there a website or a telephone number? Will you give it to them? Sure. It's bcsnygroup.com. And the phone number is 718-232-8600. If anybody has questions, they can always email me at npilata at bcsnygroup.com. Say that once again, because you said it rather quickly. At bcsnygroup.com. Wonderful. So we're coming to a close. And this reminder is Seeking Synergy with Rosemary Bova. And you can reach me at Bova Enterprises at info at Bova Enterprises, or my phone number is 212-685-0870. And I'd love your suggestions about other conversations that I might have with interesting, dynamic women and men. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.